And my name is Muta Mwenya, and together we make the groove from dark to light. <laughs> Somebody gonna get that. Somebody gonna get that. Anyway, hey, I'm so glad to get this opportunity to be with you guys. Oh my gosh, that time clock is already going. All right, let's pray and we jump into this message. God, thank you so much for your love and kindness. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for loving us and keeping us and protecting us and inviting us into your space, God, because everywhere we are is holy ground because you are everywhere. And so, God, even in this moment, speak to us in the only way you can. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. amen. I've got to ask a question for you guys. How many of you guys in here wish there was like 32 hours in the day? You wish you were 32 hours in the day. You wish there was more time in the day. You're like, I don't know if you're in college, and you're like, man, I just need one more hour before I submit this paper. I need one more hour of sleep before I get up to go to work or class. I just need one more hour. Thank you. There's like three people in here like, yes, preacher, I feel you. I almost didn't make it. I wasn't ready. I just need a few more hours in the day, y'all. I've been literally feeling like I have been running on thin ice every single day. I feel like I never have enough time. I, don't, I feel like I'm underwater most of the times. Like there's things happening all around me. And I just feel like I just can't get enough time. Seems like there's always something coming up. There's always something to do, something to write, some paper to hand in, uh, a job to be at. There's always something going on, and it's crazy because every time I talk to my friends right now, every time I call them, the, the answer is, listen, if you ask one of your friends, let me see, let me test it out if you guys got friends like me. Like, man, how are things? What's the answer that you get? Busy. Man, I'm just so busy. It's good. But then it's busy. I'm like, it's good and busy. Like, do they go together? I don't like being busy. Who likes here being busy? Like, I know there's like three people in here who are like, I loved my full plate. I just love to. Listen, I want to chill sometimes, but I have an issue. I love keeping myself busy. And I'm telling you, we're all busy. We all have something to do. And big shout out to you guys for taking out a Thursday night when you could have been busy, but you decided to be here meeting Jesus and making Pastor Jake look good. Listen, I feel like God is trying to remind us that there's a better way. And this is the text that we're going to be in. This is a familiar text. If you grew up around church, even if you didn't grow up around church, you've probably heard of two characters named Martha and Mary in the Bible or Mary and Martha. This is a familiar text. It's in Luke chapter 10. And that's the text we're going to be in. I'm going to read it to you guys real quick. And then we are going to jump into the text and go line by line. You guys ready for this? All right, listen, I'm a preacher who likes people talking back to me because it makes me know that you are awake. All right? And then sometimes I get extra loud for the people who were sleeping, so they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, this is what it says. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distressed with much serving. 
And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Everybody say, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Everybody say the good portion. The good portion. So this Mary and Martha are close to Jesus. We find out in scripture like Jesus was tight with Mary and Martha. He used to kick it at their house. He used to hang out at their house. And and Mary and Martha is the same Mary and Martha who had a brother named Lazarus. You guys remember Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This was their brother. And so Jesus and Martha and Mary had a good relationship. You would find him in their house hanging out. In fact, in another episode, Mary anoints the feet of Jesus. She anoints the feet of Jesus, and and she, she declares him holy. She declares him Messiah. She declares him that you are somebody worthy of worship, somebody worthy of being connected to their family. Jesus comes and hangs out at their house. How many of y'all would want Jesus to come and hang out at your house? You lie because you were like, Jesus, coming over, Lord Jesus. I got to fix some things. Some of y'all houses look like Post Malone's basement or something. <laughs> Jesus, I wasn't ready. I'm sorry, Jesus. You forgive all things, right? So we jump into this text in verse 38 and 39. Jesus is on his way. He goes to this place called Bethany. He goes over to Mary and Martha's house. He shows up at their crib. Martha welcomed him into the house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to Jesus' teaching. I wonder what Mary was like. You guys have one of those spiritual friends who's just like uber holy. I just love being at the feet of Jesus. I just wake up in the morning and declare the mercies and the glories of God. I just fall to my knees and bask in his presence. Then I go to brush my teeth. I say, Lord Jesus, thank you for teeth in which I can brush so I can chew my breakfast. And then when I eat breakfast, I say, God, everybody else in the world does not have food, but I have cereal. (laughs) Praise God. Then I get into my car and I'm getting ready to go. And before I say, Lord, let the angels go before me and create a path that I may follow. You know when the people who just like super holy, you're like, I don't even love Jesus like you. I need help. I am not saved. Pastor Jake, I'm not saved. Because Pastor Samarco, J. Scott Samarco over here, he's just like, he loves Jesus more than I do. And so Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She probably has her notebook, like the two girls sitting right there. Look, no takers of history makers, girl. Come on. We see you. He's got, she's got the note. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's basking in every word that she's writing. Everything is all good. The crazy thing is that Jesus' contemporaries usually would not let women at their teaching gatherings, let her own sitting at their feet. This, this was pretty awkward situation. But the interesting thing is that Jesus lets the woman, Mary, sit at his feet. He doesn't say anything. Everybody else would be telling her to go do some domestic stuff. Go go prepare food for the food. Make sure this place is clean. But Jesus doesn't mind her sitting at 
her feet. See, some of y'all, see, we live in a Western world, so we don't understand that whole situation, that whole dynamic. See, I grew up African. I was born in Lusaka, Zambia. My name is Mutangala Mwavamwenya. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all thought I was American. Nah. I'm from the motherland, for real, for real. And so, like, in Africa, there's this, because I love, I love having a heritage of being African. I love it. It's cool. I got a rich heritage. But there was something weird that always used to happen. And I used to ask questions. You ever have those, that little brother, or maybe that was you, who would always just ask questions, like, why is this happening? And your parents are like, shh, don't embarrass us in front of the people. Ah, uh-uh. what's wrong with you? Go with other children. And so, like, I would see women come over and they had these things called chitenges, and they would wrap them around. Every time a woman came over, my mom would be, like, handing out chitenges like they were Hot Pockets. Like, she's handing out chitenges like they were, they were, like, gum or something like that. These women would wrap their, 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 their torsos or whatever, and then they will go to the kitchen and they will cook, 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 cook. And then they will come and all the men would be sitting in the living room, sitting down, laughing, joking. And the women are just bringing very piously, you know, trays and all that. And I was that kid like, that's weird. Why mommy doing that? Dad, go with the children. What's wrong with you? And then the women would all come into the living room and then they sit down and the men were sitting in one section and the women would sit in this section. They would sit all piously on the floor except for my sister. She, listen, my sister was like a 21st century westernized girl. She was like, mm-mm, I don't do that. We don't do that. I'm sitting on the couches with everybody else. So I get what's going on. She's probably breaking all custom and tradition. But the interesting thing is that Jesus doesn't care. Jesus doesn't care what the customs are. Jesus doesn't care what the tradition is. He was like, if she wants to learn, let her sit at my feet. And the interesting thing is she don't care. Because she's probably going to be judged. She's probably going to be talked about. And she's sitting at the Jesus' feet and learning. Can I tell somebody in this room, no matter what customs exist, what situations exist, listen, sometimes it's time to break some customs so that you can get to where you need to be in life. It doesn't matter what they told you you couldn't do, could do, whatever. It's time for y'all to just step up, whether male or female. Sometimes we just got to break customs and just say we're going to do what God is calling me to do. Verse 40, come on. Because time makes me feel anxious. Um, Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. It says Martha is distracted. She's distracted. And a lot of times we read this word that she was distracted. It makes us feel like she didn't care, as if she was negligent. But the reality is this word distracted means that she was exasperated, that her mind was caught up in trying to make sure everybody was taken care of. We can't be mad at Martha. She's just trying to be a good host. It just says she was overoccupied with the details. Any details, people in here? Like, I just need to know the details. I can't stand every single one of y'all. Listen, she's trying to make sure everybody's taken care of. She's trying to make sure everybody's got everything that they need. And she finally shows up to Jesus. And when she realizes she's the only one in the kitchen, she's the only one serving tables, and she comes to Jesus, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care? I'm over here doing everything that I need to be doing. I'm over here doing where I'm supposed to be. But do you not care? Or in other words, do you not see me? Does not anybody recognize how valuable I'm trying to keep all of you guys? How much esteem I'm giving you guys that I'm I'm doing all these things? 
I feel like Mary, uh, Martha had a little bit of attitude. I'm just going to look in my mind's eyes in Muta's uh, vernacular version of the Bible. She came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, do you not care? You're Jesus. You've got spiritual eyes, but I need you to use your physical eyes because my sister's sitting at your feet. So some of y'all are like too holy, like we can't talk to Jesus like that. They were friends. They had a relationship. And a lot of times I think she's just, a lot of times we, we get frustrated when the people around us are not seeing what we're doing. And it's like, can you not see me? I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. Do you not see me? Mom and dad, I'm trying. Do you not see me? Boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm trying. Do you not see me? I ain't going to lie to you, there's nothing more annoying than when there's tasks to be done and everybody else is chilling. <laughs> Doesn't that annoy the mess out of you? Maybe you're in college and you work on group projects. Hey, somebody said, oh, Lord, like, listen, like, Lord Jesus, I need deliverance because I cussed out three of my classmates last week. <laughs> Nobody's holding their own weight, and you're the only one doing it. You're the only one performing and expecting everybody to show up. It is the most annoying thing. So uh, full transparency, when I was in college, I wasn't saved. So I used to throw the most epic parties at our house. And I see, it got real quiet because it's like, oh, dang, I wish I was there. <laughs> it was lit. Anyway, so like we're throwing these parties, but the crazy thing is like everybody knew that my house was the party house, and I had one roommate, Maurice King. Yeah, I said it. I hope you're recording. I hope you see it, Maurice. I'm still bitter. <laughs> Maurice King was my roommate, and then like every movie of college life, there was that dude that slept on the couch. I still don't know his name. I kid you not. All I know is he worked at McDonald's, and he gave us free burger, I mean McDonald's, burgers. And this dude was always on our couch all the time, but we used to throw the most epic parties. And the crazy thing that used to frustrate me is that when we throw this party, me and Maurice were like, yo, we're going to do this. We're going to have everybody over. It's going to be great. It's going to be epic. Everybody shows up at the house, and where's Maurice? Yo, welcome to the party. Everybody cool. And I'm over here like, dude, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to make sure. And then when everybody leaves, I'm like, yo, I'm tired. I got to go to sleep. I'm, but help me. I hate your face. He's like, Lord, tell her. She's like, Lord, tell her to help me. Tell this girl to get up and do something, Jesus. I'm working hard. I'm doing all these things. I'm doing it for you, Jesus. Ooh, anybody felt that way? Jesus, why don't you look out for me? I show up to young adults. I show up to serve at church. I read my Bible, I pray, I do all the things. Jesus, I need to pass this class. Jesus, I need to get this job. Jesus, don't let her or him leave me. Verse 41 and 42. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Everybody say, Martha, Martha. That would have frustrated the goodness out of me. Let me tell you what Martha Martha means. AKA, chill out. I'm making food for you and you telling me to chill out? 
literally, isn't that the most frustrating thing? When you're worked up about something, you got something that's frustrating you, that is like annoying you. You can't like, it's just like, you're just so upset. And then you come to your significant other, you come to a parent, or you come to a friend, and they're just like, yo, chill. I'm like, nah! I don't want to chill. This is important. I didn't like the way the series ended. It left me on a cliffhanger. I need to go talk to somebody. But like, I'm, I know I'm not the only one who cannot stand it when people dismiss me. Like, I'm bringing my all, but you're dismissing me in this moment. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you everything that I'm doing. I'm telling you everything I've invested. I'm showing you how much I value this situation, and you're treating me as if it does not matter. But he says something very, very interesting that I want y'all to look at. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You're anxious and troubled about many things. Many things wasn't just about serving the guests. Because let me tell you something, something that I've really discovered in dealing with humanity, how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. Somebody needs to write that down, go back and read it again. How you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. See, Jesus never calls out the symptom. He always calls out the root issue. When the paralyzed dude and his friends trying to get him into this house so Jesus could heal him, and they had to bust through the roof and then lay that dude straight at Jesus' feet, and he shows up. Jesus goes to heal him. What does he say to him? He's paralyzed, but what does Jesus say? Get up, your sins are forgiven. He's paralyzed. Let's talk about the sin issues later, Jesus. He's like, no, that's the root. Do you want me to deal with your symptom or do you want me to deal with the real root issue? He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, a.k.a. Jesus knew Martha's issue wasn't serving. It was her anxiety and worry. How do we know? Look at the story of Lazarus. They send message. Mary and Martha send message to Jesus. He's a couple of days away in travel. Jesus, your, 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 your friend, the one who you love, is about to die. Can you come and make sure he's okay? We know you're a healer, so come back through. Jesus takes his sweet time because like the old saints used to say, Jesus never comes when you want him, but he's right on time. Somebody remembers, somebody's grandma used to tell him that. Everybody who didn't grow up in the black church is like, uh-uh, I don't know that. We all know that. But anyway, so Jesus takes his time. Lazarus goes and dies. They throw him in the tomb. He's dead, dead. Like, he's a couple of days dead. He's, like, stinking, starting to decompose dead. And Jesus shows up. And what do you see in the story? Martha is like, what? Jesus is finally coming? Oh, he's coming? Oh, now he wants to come. Lazarus been dead. And now you want to come? And guess what she does? She gets up. She runs to Jesus. Where's Mary? Sitting down. Mary don't like to do nothing. Mary's like, I'm cool. I'm chilling. 
And she goes up to Jesus. She's like, if you would have been here, he would have been, if you would have been here. But even then, uh, you can tell God to do whatever you want because he listens to you. So do something. Martha is anxious and troubled about many things. It ain't just about serving. She gets worked up easily about many things. And I want to take a quick commercial break for the sake of every leader in this room. Notice Jesus doesn't rebuke her actions. He rebukes her disposition. Jesus never once says, Mary, Martha, Martha, you're so anxious about serving. He says you're anxious about many things. Serving was not the issue. Jesus said, I came to serve, not be served. So why that commercial break? Because I don't want nobody coming to uh, Pastor Jake and saying, Pastor Jake, I know you asked me to serve, but, you know, I'm just trying to be more Mary than Martha. Because <laughs> some of y'all was thinking it like, oh, I know exactly how I'm going to get out of that. <laughs> you know, Pastor Jake, I'm just spending time with the Lord, taking notes. You know, Pastor Jake, you know, like I would just listen to worship. You know, the dudes, the dudes. Yeah, I was listening to worship. God just really spoke to me. You know, it connected to my heart. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really not that emotional type guy, but literally, like, I was in tears, Pastor Jake. <laughs> and you know what he told me? Like, listen, Pastor Jake, listen, I love you. I love, man, I love access. I love young adults. I love, I love Sunday mornings. But Jesus says, man, bro, you need to be more merry. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Lord, I ain't about that Martha life. I'm about that merry. No, he didn't say stop serving. He says, stop being anxious and troubled. Stop, leave that anxiety and worry alone. That's what he's saying. Serving, thank you, Pastor Jake. That was just for you, brother. I'm trying to get invited back again. Serving is never the issue. Can I tell you, it's the overwhelming level of self-inflicted pressure of performance-based living. I'm glad I wrote that down because I wouldn't have remembered. I'm going to read it for you again. It's the overwhelming level of self-inflicted pressure of performance-based living living. Girl, I'm a, I'm, I'll send it to you. I'll send them the notes. I ain't reading again. I got seven minutes left. You're running into my time. But think about it. Most of us, we're running from class to class, from job to job, from task to task. Some of us are so ambitious, we're striving from goal to goal. And then we put all of this undue pressure on ourselves. And already we get pressure from our parents, pressure from society, pressure from our friends, pressure from Instagram. And so now we start putting pressure on ourselves to succeed, to be seen, to have the perfect Instagrammable life, to make money, to be skinnier, to have the car, to have it all together, or at least look like we have it all together, to look happy, to look healthy. In a world full of toil, Jesus saying, one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion. Everybody say the good portion. And it will not be taken away from her. Because communion with God can never be taken away. It can only be given away. I can't take it away from her. She wants it. Jesus is never going to turn away a hungry, thirsty, and anxious soul. He says, come to me, all who are troubled and have heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, take my teaching. You know, yoke was uh, what they used to say uh, back in the day. You know, they used to put uh, 
uh, anybody who grew up on the farm, they well, maybe now we got technology and all that, but that little wooden thing, they used to go around the, the bull's heads, and they would all go together, and they where this bull went, that bull went, and that's what, it was a yoke, and yoke was considered a teaching, because when you followed a rabbi, they would essentially put their yoke, their teaching on you, so wherever they went, you went, whatever they did, you did, and Jesus says, listen, take my teaching upon you. Sit at my feet. Understand what I have for your life. Let me ask you guys this question in my last five minutes, which I'm trying to run through so quick. Don't tell me that I'm a black preacher. We'll be here all night. <laughs> Y'all, hold on, I'm taking my coat off. You just, <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I want you guys to write this down if you're taking notes. Have you chosen the good portion? He said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Have you chosen the good? In fact, say, have I chosen the good portion? Can I have the band or whoever's going to be on stage come up? Let me ask you this. What are you choosing? What are you choosing? Because you can choose anxiety and worry. You can choose stress and busyness. Or you can choose the good portion. I believe God wants to teach us a couple of things in these last few moments together. The first lesson I believe that the Lord wants to teach us today is you've got to slow down enough to sit. You've got to slow down enough to sit. How many of us are actually taking time to take a break? Scripture tells us that six days you should work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath unto the Lord. And it's easy for some of you guys, maybe you're not in your careers and you're just like, oh, man, I've got all summer break. But can I tell you about summertime? There's summer jobs. There's things to do people to see, places to go. That's what I love that you guys are doing this camping trip. Intentional time to just pause and get away from everything. How often are you taking a break? How often are you sitting at Jesus' feet? This is not about checking a box. It's not like I woke up this morning, I prayed, and I read the scripture, and I checked off a box, and then I went about my way. Get up from bed in the morning. Dear Jesus, thank you for waking me up this morning. It was a very, very good night. Thank you for allowing me to get some rest. Please be with me for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. How often are you slowing down enough that after you pray, you wait to hear Jesus' voice? First lesson is slow down long enough to sit. The second one is sit long enough to listen. Sit long enough to listen. I believe, undiagnosed, I got ADHD. The doctor, shut up, Jose. I rebuke you in the name of 
he knows he works with me every day. Sitting makes me anxious. I like to do, I like to get things done. I like to be on the move. But most of us won't sit still because we're afraid of what we're going to discover. Let me tell you something. A friend of mine was with me down. We helped plant a church in Miami, Florida. They asked me to come and exhort the team or or give encouragement to the team for their first Sunday. So I was the first voice that they heard even before their pastor Sunday morning. And I got up and we were in the round just like this in Miami, in a gym in Miami. And I gave the exhortation and everybody cheered and everybody was excited. Then I went because I had been sitting right here up front. And after I finished speaking, I went and I sat off on the side. And my buddy said, man, I noticed something different about you. Like you, you, you got up. You got everybody hyped, you got excited, and then afterwards you didn't return to your regular seat. You went and set off in the back somewhere. And I told him, I know I've been pastoring at that time for four years, my own church, and then I'd been pastoring at, at another church, serving on team, teaching pastor with my man, Scotty, over there. But what? Everybody else didn't know that every day after I preached on a Sunday morning, I would go back home and just say, God, you can take me now. Because I was just so anxious. Did I do right? Did the people get something out of it? God, did I misrepresented you? Did I quote scripture wrong? Was I wrong? And I had all this anxiety in me, and I told him, I said, Denver, you don't know this, but every time I preach, do you ever wonder why after I preach, I'm always like, yo, what are we doing for lunch? What are we doing for lunch? Because I know that if I go home and I sit in the quietness of my own, my own thoughts are going to get to me. My own heart is going to get to me, and I'm going to sit there, beat myself up, and feel anxious, and feel not like nothing. Some of us don't want to slow down because we know that there are things there that we don't want to discover about ourselves. So it looks great on Instagram. It looks great when you're hanging out with the boys. It looks great when you're on the courts. It looks great when you're with your girls. But the reality is when you go home at night, when you lay down at night, you are dying inside. You're crying inside. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'm not what they said I was going to be. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not making enough money. I don't have the right career choice. We're scared to stop because then we will actually feel. Can I tell you, God didn't create human doings. He created human beings. And what does he say? He says, be still. Hey, human being, be still. You can't hear clearly when you're always on the go. You can't hear clearly when you're so tired by overworking yourself or doing stuff all day and being the life of the party in every moment. Trying to act like everything. Y'all, can I just tell y'all, trying to have it all together and trying to hold it all together, trying to show that we have it all together is exhausting. I know I've done it for years. 
I've experienced that. Until God says, be still. And it's something that I have to work towards every single day. God has to remind me, slow down long enough to sit, son. And sit long enough to listen, son. And God is telling you in this room, doesn't matter whether you're 18, 28, 38, doesn't matter. God is saying, will you slow down long enough to just sit? And will you just sit long enough to hear my voice? Because I've got a word for you. I've got a good word for you. But you only discover the good word when you choose the good portion. It's about the good portion. I want to give you a challenge. Choose the good portion. Choose the good portion. All of us have the opportunity to choose chaos or Christ. All of us have the opportunity to choose anxiety or access. Are you choosing the good portion? And then some of us, there's just always more tasks. There's more pressure and more needs to attend to. Some, so some of us have chosen escape over encounter. I'm going to escape into being on my phone all day, every day that I can't let it go until I fall asleep at night. I'm going to escape to porn every time I feel anxious, every time I feel sad, every time I feel frustrated, every time I feel like I'm no longer in control, I turn to porn because at least I can control that. I can control how I feel there. Some of us have turned to alcohol or pills or drugs because I just want to escape. I want to escape from this feeling. But God's saying, son, daughter, you don't have to escape. You can choose to encounter me. Scripture says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all these things. What things? Those things. Those frustrating things. Those things that make you worry. The things that keep you up at night. The things that you feel like you can never get to. All these things. What did it say? Will be added unto you. Will be gathered unto you. Notice that he didn't say seek first the kingdom of heaven and you will gather all these things. 
and you will add all these things. He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. Scripture says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm not going to have to chase it. I'm not going to have to beg for it. I'm not going to have to plead for it. If I seek face the kingdom of heaven, all these things will just begin to follow me. Let me leave you with this verse. I quoted it earlier in the ESV. I'm going to quote, I'm going to share it. In the message translation, because I just love the way the writer captures the words of Jesus. And you know what I'm going to ask? I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and encounter Jesus through these words. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out, come to me. Get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus is saying, rest in the perfected work that I did for you when I died, was buried, and was risen. For you. Rest in the perfect work of Jesus Christ on the cross. As we were singing the song, I felt like it was just a perfect Holy Spirit breathed moment. Because the individuals on stage invited us to just pause, to not rush through it, to just take a posture of worship. Why? Because Jesus has done all the work. But pastor, there's still things I got to take care of. That's good. They're always going to be there. Rest today in his finished perfect work. But pastor, I'm just trying. Stop trying. Jesus already completed it. Seek him first. Sit at his feet. Take his yoke. Take his teaching. 
Why? Because he has paid the price. He has proved his love for us. And we will praise him with our love and proclaim our love for him. Can I pray this as a prayer over you in this room today? Jesus, thank you for paying the highest price. Thank you for proving your love for me. I will praise you with my love and proclaim my love for you. In this moment, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Just like they asked us before. Some of us right now have been dealing with so much anxiety, so much stress, and so much frustration. I dare you to take a posture in this moment of prayer. Back in the day, I remember growing up in church, and they used to tell us, all who are able, will you just kneel? And if you know you've been carrying a weight of performance-based living, trying to look the part, trying to be the part, and you're tired. Today, you're just going to kneel at your feet and say, Jesus, I'm taking a posture of worship. Some of you guys, the burden is so heavy, you might need to leave the seats right now and literally lay down in a posture of surrender. And say, Jesus, I'm tired of doing this by myself. I'm tired of trying to make things go. Lord, I just need to be in your presence. I surrender all. He has paid the price. The highest price. So you can experience rest. Restoration and wholeness.